Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm just going to start with reading the Bishop's Christmas letter. To the clergy, religious, and lay faithful of the Diocese of Lincoln, Merry Christmas. Today, we celebrate with untold joy the birth of our Savior, Christ the Lord. There are many central figures to the Christmas narrative, each expressing a facet of this beautiful event. However, to me, the shepherds stand out above all the rest. St. John Henry Newman, in his Christmas sermon of 1843, wrote, The shepherds then were chosen on account of their lowliness to be the first to hear of the Lord's nativity, a secret which none of the princes of this world knew. The Christmas story is one of supreme humility as demonstrated to us by the lowliness of the Savior's birth. The shepherds reassure us that we have nothing to fear in cultivating this virtue as well. In doing so, we will not lose anything which makes life beautiful. Remember, it was to them, the lowly of the world, that the angels appeared in all their glory and beckoned them to come and see the Christ child. The shepherds in their lowliness were not forgotten by the Lord. In fact, they were exalted for this very reason. So this Christmas, may we give our God the gift of humility, the gift of comfort, conforming our lives to him. And may the example of the shepherds dispel the hesitancy we may feel as they go before us, leading us to the humble child of Bethlehem. With my prayers for you and your families this Christmas season, I remain sincerely yours in Christ, James D. Conley, Bishop of Lincoln. So this week we are celebrating already the fourth week of Advent and, and Christmas is coming quickly. And, um, and the church focuses our attention on that proximity, right? That proximity. And we start to reflect more and more on 
the birth narratives, the narrative of Jesus' birth. As Mary goes to Elizabeth, and, and Mary's already with child. And Elizabeth is filled with great joy. She's filled with great joy. And it says that, that at the sound of Mary's voice, John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Because of the nearness of Jesus. And, and John the Baptist represents, he represents sort of the culmination of the Old Testament, right? All of the Old Testament prophets, everything that happened in the history of the covenants are sort of contained in the person of John the Baptist. And so then this Jesus, the Messiah that they've been waiting for 4,000 years or more than 4,000 years has now come and he leaps for joy. And, and that calls to mind the fact that the more we recognize our need, the more joy we experience. The more we recognize our need, the more joy we experience. And so I was thinking about yesterday. uh, Yesterday I just had like a great day, but a crazy day. So you ever have like a really good day, but it's super crazy. And uh, so we had mass at 7.30 and holy hour at 8, and there were lots of people that came, and it, it was really beautiful. And then at 9, some parishioners came that were finishing up a couple of things that needed to be done in the rectory. And, and so, so then I had them in the rectory kind of trying to hang a mirror and, and some other things that needed to be done. And then, and then I had to take communion. I took communion over to Bennett, and I came back. And then somebody else came by, and, uh, and the... They wanted to, you know, look around the church at some different things that were over there. And then I started to work on the bulletin. And, uh, and then somebody else came by. And we talked for a little while. And, and then I started to work on the bulletin. And like, I never really got the bulletin done very well this week. So it's not my best work. <laughs> and I was super stressed about it. And I kind of got over to church to say Mass at four. And I was coming up the aisle. And, and we were singing that same entrance song, Oh Come Divine Messiah, and I was just like, yes, that's what I need. Like, I need that now. You know, like, I really need our Lord, because sometimes I'm a hot mess, and I need a Messiah. And, and that's kind of the point, right? That's kind of the point in this Advent season, is to recognize our need. And, and we've, been point, we've been looking at that as we talk about clearing out our hearts and and removing sin from our lives and the things that preoccupy us because we recognize that we need a savior. And, and the more we recognize that, right, the more tuned in we are to the fact that we need a savior, the greater joy we have when we encounter him and the greater joy we have when he comes. You know, Plato talks about how pleasure is experienced when we have a need that, that is fulfilled or when we have a need that's satisfied. And, and so an analogy for that is, is like what food does for our lives. And so I was thinking about when I was in ranger school. And so Army Ranger School is 72 days. You get two meals a day and about three hours of sleep for 72 days with a couple of chances to binge sleep on the bus and things like that. 
when you're going between phases. And so, so for the first part of ranger school, you're burning through all your body fat, and then you get through all your body fat, you start burning muscle, and everybody smells like rotten eggs because sulfur is a byproduct of burning muscle. And, uh, and you know, you're hallucinating and kind of like seeing, like one time I thought there was this like monkey running around in front of me with a glow stick. And like all kinds of crazy things happen. And, uh, and then the ranger instructors, you know, they come in, they've had like, you know, five days of eight hours of sleep and they're wide awake. And, um, but on a ranger instructor's last day, their last patrol, they, they have this tradition of doing something special for the class, you know. And so, so I was in Florida, it was the last phase and the ranger instructor was his last patrol. And so he brought sandwiches. And, and the sandwiches were two pieces of Wonder Bread with one slice of bologna. That was the sandwich. And it was the best sandwich that I've ever had in my entire life, right? Because the greater the need, the more pleasure we experience, right? And so how much more so in the spiritual life, right? In the spiritual life, when we recognize how great our need is for a savior, We can't help but to experience great joy when we encounter him. We can't help but to experience great joy when we encounter him. And so sometimes even like in, when people are going through conversion experiences or they're trying to have an intentional conversion experience, like when people work the 12 steps, the first step is to recognize I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable, um, which basically means I have a need for a savior. And, and there's a way of going about doing that that I think is really beautiful and like everyone should really do it. And you make, just make an inventory, right? Like, like, okay, what are all the things in my life that keep me from like having joy in my life, right? Or like, what's the thing that blocks us? Like, how many times have I said, I'm gonna stop checking my phone, right? How many times have I said that? And then I go back to it again. Or how many times have I said, I'm gonna to go to bed early from now on. Or how many times have I said, I'm gonna eat healthy from now on? Or, or how many times have I said, I'm not gonna be crabby anymore after work, but I keep going back to it, right? Like that just means we're powerless and we need a savior. And, and sometimes, you know, people make lists of all these things just so it sinks in. Like, I really do need a savior. And then when we realize who Jesus is, and what it means that he came into the world, then we can't help but to have great joy. We can't help but to rejoice. Our own heart starts to leap within us because we encounter him. And, and when we've waited for a long time for that to happen, we also experience it with all the greater rejoicing. And the incarnation is the greatest cause for rejoicing this day that the God who created the entire universe became man and was born into the world and God has a face. So in a very real way, Mary and Joseph were the first ones to behold the face of God. And what wonder and awe and rejoicing they must have had in that moment. And as we celebrate Christmas, it's an opportunity to revisit that experience in our own life and to pray for the grace that it really takes root in our own hearts 
Now, there are certain devotions that we always do in the church to remember the incarnation. And, and if, if this Christmas celebration really does like, have an opportunity to touch us in a more profound way, then that devotion that we do called the Angelus takes on greater meaning. Now, the Angelus is prayed three times a day. Many people pray it three times a day in the morning, at noon, and in the evening. And, and it goes, the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. So we remember that Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And we remember Mary's act of entrusting her heart. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the closing to the Angelus is the opening prayer for today's Mass. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel. May by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. It's a simple recalling of the incarnation because it's a recalling of that fact that should bring the greatest joy. It's recalling of the fact that I need a savior, that I need a Messiah, that there's nothing I can do to save myself. But if I allow him, he can enter into my life and be the answer to every desire of my heart, the answer to everything. And so today, let us pray that that this last week of Advent truly will be for us a time of continued preparation and joyful anticipation. And that when we celebrate that feast of the incarnation at Christmas, that our Lord will in fact reveal himself to us in a new and more profound way. That we recognize that he is the thing we've been looking for. He is the one we've been longing for that he is the answer to every desire. And that we truly will find that joy. That can only come from Jesus Christ, the son of the living God.